Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Connell, Chapter 3. It took Peppy half the next day to work up enough nerve to actually phone an attorney and ask if she was really married to Cece. She had to be careful. Couldn't be a lawyer who knew her, so she called one in El Paso, given the receptionist an assumed name. She was given an appointment for that afternoon because the attorney had a cancellation in his busy schedule. She told the receptionist why she wanted to see the attorney, adding lightly that she got a Mexican marriage and thought it was, wasn't binding. The security... The secretary laughed and said a lot of people thought that, only to find out that their astonishment that they were very binding and sexist. She confirmed the appointment, wished Peppy a nice day, and hung up. Peppy replaced the receiver with a dull thud, sat down heavily in a chair beside the telephone table in the hall. Her heart was beating madly. It would take having the lawyer look at the document to be sure, but it sounds as if the receptionist was right. Legally, she was Mrs. C.C. Trimamane. She was Colonel, Colonel Trimamane's wife, but he didn't know it. The consequences of her deception could be very far-reaching and tragic, especially if he decided to marry Edie. He could be coming... It can, he could be committing bigamy and he wouldn't even know it. What should she do? She told him now, after having denied it when he demanded the truth, he'd never believe anything she said again. He'd hate her, too, for trapping him into marriage. It didn't matter that he threatened to land them in jail if she didn't go along. He'd been intoxicated, not responsible for his actions, but she'd been sober. When he asked her why she'd gone through with it, how would she answer him? Would he guess that she was shamefully in love with him? The question tormented her. She, she burned lunch. Her father gave her a hard glare as been into a scrap grilled cheese sandwich. Tastes like carbon. He muttered, Sorry, she forgot to buy cheese at the store on her latest shopping trip, so they had been only enough for three sandwiches. She managed to burn all three. All she could do was scrape them off and hope for the best. <laughs> You've been preoccupied all morning, he remarked, with an intense serenity at the bright color. She Wanna talk about it? She managed to wait and smile. She cried. Thanks anyway. You got down another bite of overdone grilled cheese sandwich. Would it have anything to do with Cece's absent last night? She stared at him like, What? Cece's car was missing all night, and I understand that he had to have one of the hands drive him over to Horwes to collect it this morning. He glared at the reminder, remainder of his sandwich and pushed the plate away. He was drinking, wasn't he, Peppy? She couldn't lie, but it wouldn't do to tell the truth either. One of the men said Cece had a few in Horace, but on his own time, she had a quote. You can't really jump on him unless he does it on your time, she warmed to her subject. Besides that, he only drinks once a year, he from. Once a year. That's about the extent of it. And please don't ask me why, because I can't tell you. She laid a gentle hand on his arm. Dad, you know we own, own, own the ranch to his business since. I know, he muttered, but damn it, Peppy, I can't have one set of rules for the men and another for him. He probably won't ever do it again, she said, Richard. Come on, you haven't actually caught him in the act, you know. He comes, I don't guess I have, but if I ever do, he had a I know, he'll throw him off the road, off the roof, she grinned. Drink your coffee, at least it isn't burnt, she finally she finished hers. I uh, have to go to El Paso this afternoon to pick up a package I ordered. He's like, what package? For your birthday, surprise. That wasn't improbable. His birthday was only two weeks away. What is it? He asked. I'll never tell. He let the subject drop after that and went back out to work. Peppy washed up and then went to dress for her appointment. Jeans and a t-shirt weren't exactly 
the best outfit to wear to her own, do own doom. She thought blankly. She put on her full denim skirt with a blue print blouse, pinned her hair up on her head. She looked much more mature. She decided, although nothing could be done about the freckles on her nose, not even makeup camouflaged them very well. She did the best she could, adding only a touch of makeup to her face and grooming over her old baby's figure. If only she could lose enough weight to look like Edie. With a moan, she slipped her hose-clad feet into tap high heels, transferred the contents of her head handbag into the pocketbook that matched the heels, and went downstairs. As luck would have it, she ran right into Cece on the front porch. She looked hung, hung over and dusty, whose bad bat-wing chaps were heavily stained like the jeans under them in his Cambridge shirt. His hat had once been black, <laughs> now it was dusty gray. He glared down at her with black eyes. Brandon's out at the holding corral. He marked it an oddly hostile tone. I assume he's the reason for the fine feathers. I'm going in now, pass it to do some shopping. She played. How's your head? Better sound natural. Decided, and she even smiled. It was bad enough before I burned it in dust and bleathing calves. <laughs> he remarked. Come in here a minute. And I have to talk to you. She knew her heart had stopped beating. With a sense of awe, she felt the warmth of his lean, strong hand around her upper arm as he guided her back into the house. <sighs> and shut the door, he let go over almost right. Look, Peppy, this has got to stop. He said, what has she pulled? You're chasing me down on my yearly binges, he said irritably. Took off his hat and ran a grammy hot hand through his sweaty jet hair. I've been thinking all day about what could have happened to you in Juarez last night. That part of town is a rough place in broad daylight, never mind at night. I told you before, I don't need a nursemaid. I don't want you ever pulling such a stupid stunt again. There's a simple solution. Stop drinking, she said. He searched her up with his face, quietly smiling. Yes, I think I might have to. My memory's as faulty as it was last night. She had to exert every ounce of will she had not to give anything away. Your secrets are safe with me, Cece, she said in a stage whisper and grin. Relax on. Okay, squirt. Go do your shopping. His dark eyes slid over her body in a way that never had before. She felt her knees going away. Something wrong, she asked huskily. His eyes caught her. You kick around in jeans so much that I forgot occasionally that you've even got legs. His gaze dropped to them and he smiled in a sensual kind of way. Very nice legs at that. She blushed. My legs are none of your business, Cece. She informed him. He didn't like that. Sharp glance told her so. Why do they belong to the care top bet already? He acts more like a lover than a friend. Despite your constant denials, his expression seemed to harden before her eyes. You're 22, as you keep telling me, and this is a permissive age, isn't it? No man can expect virginity in a wife anymore. The mention of the word wife made her face pale, but she couldn't let him see how shaking she was. That's right, she said. It is a permissive age. I can sleep with a man if I like. He looked briefly murdered. Does your father know about that attitude? Why? Well, my father doesn't know it won't bother him, she said uneasily. I have to go, Cece. His eyes mirrored. My God, I thought you were old-fashioned in that respect, at least. That hurt. She lowered her gaze to shirt. Are you keep... As you keep telling me, my private life is no concern of yours, she said on a tight You and Edie probably don't play ping bingo on your dates either, and I don't make nasty remarks about your morals. I'm a man. He said shortly. She looked her eyes and finally. So what? Do you think being a man gives you some divine right to sleep with anybody you like? If men expect chaste women, then women have the right to expect chaste men. 
It's the guy from Slipped to the Ceiling. My God, where would you find one? That's my point exactly. Sing one and it sticks to your fingers. Now I'm going. If you aren't meeting the handsome vet, who are you meeting dressed like that? He asked courtly. It's just a skirt and a blouse. Not the way you fill them out, little one, he said quietly. His eyes made empathetic statements about the that being that before he lifted them back up to her captured eyes. I'm overweight, she got out. Really, he pulled out a cigarette and lit it, but his eyes and hers in a strangle hold, and he wouldn't let her avert her, her gaze. Her heart raged in her chest, beating painfully hard and fast. Her lips parted on shaky breaths, and she realized that her hands were clenching her purse so hard that her nails were leaving marks in the soft leather. He moved closer. Just close enough to threaten her with the warm strength of his body. He was so much taller than she had to look up to see his eyes, but she couldn't manage to tear her gaze away. The back of his forefinger touched her cheek in a slow, devastating caress. I thought you were a total innocent little peppy. He said his voice at least an octave deeper. If that's not the case, you could find yourself in over your head very quickly. Her lips parted. She was drowning in him, so intoxicated that she didn't even mind the smell of calf and burned hide that clung to him. Her eyes fell to his hard mouth, to its thin chiseled lines, and she wanted it with a primitive hunger. It occurred to her that she could entice him into her bed, but she, that she could sleep with him. They were legally married, even if he didn't know it. She couldn't. She could seduce him, and a delicious thought made her breath catch. Then came the not-so-delicious thought of what would happen afterward. With the experience she was pretty sure he had, he might know that she was a virginal by her reactions, if nothing else. Besides that, it might hurt, which would be a dead giveaway, and he didn't know they were married. All sorts of complications could arise. No, she thought miserably. She couldn't even have that consolation. Not even one night to hold in her memory. She had to keep him at arm's length until she could decide how to tell him the truth and what to do about it. She backed away a little forcing his mind. I really have to go, she said. I was going to see you later. He muttered something under his breath and opened the door for her. His dark eyes accusing as they watched her go. She was getting under her skin. It made him angry that her body enticed him, that he was hungry for her. It made him angrier that she was apparently experienced. He didn't want other hands touching her, especially the vets. She'd been his caretaker for so long now that he'd come to look upon her with the same passion a windmaker. Maker felt for his best vintage, but he thought she was virginal, and she's as good as told him she wasn't. That realization changed everything. He'd place her carefully off limits for years, but if she wasn't innocent, then he didn't have to worry about his conscience. Odd, though, he thought as he watched her go, she could still blush prettily enough when he looked at her body. Maybe she wasn't very expensive experience, despite the red-headed veterinarian's intentions. C.C.'s black eyes narrowed. Brandon didn't have his experience, so that gave him an edge. Yes, it did. He lifted the cigarette to his mouth and smiled faintly as he watched Peppy climb into her father's old Lincoln and drive away. Blissfully unaware of C.C.'s plotting, Peppy managed to get the car out of the driveway without hitting anything. Her hands on the steering wheel were still shaky from her unexpected confrontation. That was the first time that Cece had ever made anything resembling a pass at her. Perhaps she should have been less empathetic about her experience, of which she didn't have any, but she felt threatened by the way Cece had looked at her, and her mind had shut down. For one long second, she agonized over the thought that he might take her off the endangered species, species list and start pursuing her himself. But no, he had Edie to satisfy those needs. He wouldn't want an innocent like herself. And then she remembered what she told him she was no innocent. What would she do if he made a heavy pass at her? She loved him dis. She loved him to distraction, but she didn't dare let things go that far. The worst came to 
the past and they were really married, she could get an annulment without much difficulty. But if she admitted him to her bed, it would mean getting a divorce and that would take much longer. She couldn't afford to give in to temptation, no matter how appealing it was. The attorney's office was located adjacent to a new shopping center that had just opened on the outskirts of town. She pulled into a parking space in front of the adobe faucet of the office building and took a deep breath. This wasn't going to be very pleasant. She was afraid. She went in and then produced the document. The attorney took his time looking it over. He was bilingual, so the wording that had sent Peppy crazy trying to cipher with the help of a Spanish English dictionary made perfect sense to him. It's legal, I assure you. He mused, handing back congratulations. He had a smile. He doesn't now we're married, she groaned. She told him the particulars. Doesn't that mean anything that he was intoxicated? If he was sober enough to agree to be married, to initiate the ceremony and to sign his name to a legal certificate of marriage, he said, I'm afraid it's binding. Then I'll just have to get it annulment, she said, no problem, he said, smiling, just have him come in inside. He has to know about it, she explained over front, I'm afraid so, he said, even if he did apparently get married without realizing it, there's just no way the marriage can be dissolved without his consent. Peppy buried her face in her hands. I can't tell him. I just can't. You really have to, he said. There are all kinds of legal complications that this could create. If he's a reasonable man, surely he'll understand. Oh, no, he won't, she said on a miserable way. Well, you're right. I do have to tell him, and I will. She added, rising to shake his hand. She didn't say when. Peppy mentally flayed herself for not telling Cece the truth when he demanded it. She only wanted to spare him embarrassment. She hadn't thought any damage would be done. Besides that, the thought of being his wife just for a little while was so sweet a temptation that she hadn't been able to resist. Now she was stuck with the reality of her irresponsibility, and she didn't know what she was going to do. For a start, she voted Cece. With Roundup in full swing and the men working from dawn until long after dark, that wasn't too hard. She spent her own free time with Brandon, wishing secretly that she could feel for him what she felt for Cece. Brandon was so much fun, and they were compatible. It was just that there was no spark of awareness between them. I wish you wouldn't spend so much time with Hal, her father said at supper one night near the end of the massive Roundup during one of his rare evenings at home. There, there, you're just jealous because he's getting all your apple pies while you're out working. She teases her. No, it's not that at all. I want to see you in a happy marriage, girl. The kind your mother and I had. How's a fine young man, but he's too biteable. You'd be leading him around by the nose at the end of your first year together. You're feisty, like your mother. You need a man who can stand up to you. A man you can't dominate. Only one man came immediately to mind, and she flushed, burning race. The one you're thinking of has already spoken for, she said tersely. His eyes so much like her own searched her face. Peppy, you're old enough now to understand why men see women like Edie. He's a man. He has a man's needs. She picked up her fork and looked at it, trying not to feel any more comfortable than she already did. Edie is his business, as he once told me. We have no right to interfere in his private life. She's an odd choice for a range foreman, isn't she? He moves to watching her like a hawk. A city sophisticated, a city sophisticated, a divorcee, a woman used to wealth and position. Don't you find it unexpected that she likes Cece? Not really. He's quite sophisticated himself, she reminded him. He seems to fit in anywhere, even at business conferences. She had her recalling the conference the three of them had attended two years ago. She and her father had been both been surprised at the sight of Cece in her dinner jacket, talking stocks and bonds and investments with a ranch rancher of her cocktails. It had been an eye-opener experience for Peppy. Yes, I remember her father grinned. A mysterious man, Cece. He came out of nowhere, literally. I've never been able to find out anything about his background. From time to time, things slip up. He's not a man used to 
unused to wealth and position, and at times he makes me feel like a rank beginner in business. He can manipulate stocks with the best of them. It was his expertise that helped me put the ranch into the black. Not mention those new techniques in cattle management that he bulldozed me into trying. Embryo transplantation, artificial insemination, hormone implants. Although he and I mutually decided to stop the hormone implants, there's been a lot of negative talk about it among consumers. Negative talk never stopped Cece, she said chuckling. True enough, but he thinks like I do. If implants cut back beef consumption because people were afraid of the hormones, that cuts our profits. I give up, she said holding up both hands. Put away your shooting irons. Sorry, murmured and smiled. Actually, I agree with you, she confessed. I just like to hear you hold forth. I'm going to dance with... I'm going dancing with Brandon on Friday night, okay? He would look reluctant, but he didn't argue. Okay. As long as you remember that it's my birthday, Saturday night, and you're going out with me. Yes, sir. As if I could forget. 39, isn't it? Shut up and carve that apple pie. She said Chester. Whatever you say. She tried not to think about Cece for the rest of the week, but it was impossible not to catch an occasional glimpse of him in the saddle, going from one coral to the next. He let the herd representatives ride in the jeep representatives from other ranches in the area checking brands to make sure that none of their cattle had crossed into matthews territory it was a common courtesy locally because of the vast territory the ranches in south texas covered her father ran over two thousand head of cattle and when they threw calves it took some effort to get them all branded tattooed ear tacked and vaccinated each spring and fall it was a dirty hot thankless chore that caused occasionally would-be cowboys to quit and go back to working in textile plants and furniture shops. Cowboying, while romantic and glamorous to the unknowing, was low-paying, back-breaking, and prematurely aging as a profession. Met living with the smell of cow chips, burning high, leather and dirt, long hours in the saddle, long hours of fixing machinery and water pumps, and vehicles and doctoring sick cattle. There was a television in the bunkhouse, but hardly ever any time to watch it except late on summer evenings. Ranchwick was year-round with few lazy periods because there was always something that needed doing. The advantage of the job were, of the job were freedom. Freedom and freedom. A man lived close to the earth. He had time to watch the skies and feel the urgent rhythm of life all around him. He lived as many man he lived as man perhaps was meant to live without technology strangling his mind without the smells and pressures of civilization to cripple his spirit he was one with nature with life itself he didn't answer to an alarm clock or some corporation's image of what a business man should be he might not make a lot of money he might risk life and limb daily but he was as free as a modern man could get if he did his job well and carefully he had job security for all his life peppy thought about it and decided that it might not be such a bad thing after all being a cowboy the title and job description while fit might fit Cece, sat oddly on his broad shoulders. He was much too sophisticated to look at home in dirty denims. It was easier now to picture him in a dinner jacket. All the same, he did look fantastic in the saddle, riding the horse as easily as if he'd been born on, a, on one. He was long and lean and graceful, even at a full gallop, and she'd seen him break a horse to saddle more than once. It was a treat to watch. He never hurt the horse's spirit in the process, but once he was on his back, there was never any doubt about who the master was. He struck he struck like glue, his hard face taut with strain, his eyes glittering, his thin lips smiling, savaging with the effort as he rode the animal to submission. 
The picture stuck in Peppy's mind brought with its disturbing sensation of another kind of conquest. She was no prude, and despite her innocence, she knew what men and women did together in bed. But the sensation, the actual feeling they shared, were alien to her. She wondered if Cece would be like that in bed, if he'd have the same glittering look in his eyes, that same savage smile on his thin lips as he brought a woman to ecstasy under the driving force of his hard, sweat-glistering body. She went scarlet. Fortunately, there was nobody nearby to see her. She darted into the house and up the staircase to get dressed for her dinner date with Brandon. They went to a restaurant in downtown El Paso, one famous in the area for the size of its stakes and for its view of the city at night from its 14th floor location at a well-known hotel. I do love the view from here, Peppy told Brandon, smiling at him as they were shown to a seat by the huge windows overlooking the Franklin Mountains. The Franklins, in fact, were responsible for the city's name, because the pass that separated the Franklins from the Juarez Mountains to the south was called El Paso de Norte, the Path of the North. Part of the mountain chain was located in the city of El Paso itself. The only major desert city in Texas, El Paso, shared much history with Mexican Juarez across the border. Pancho Villa lived in El Paso after his exile from his own country, and historically the Texas city, which sat on the Butterfield Overland Stage Route in the late 19th century, had been the site of an Indian Indian attacks, and a replica of Old Ford Bliss marked the former home of the cavalry that once fought the Apaches, including the famous Chief Victorio. Modern-day Fort Bliss was the home of the largest air defense center of the free world. Not far from the restaurant where Pepe and Brandon were eaten was the Akram Saloon, where gunfighter John Wellesley Harding was shot in the back and killed. On a less grim note, there was an aerial tramway of up to Ranger Peak, giving tourists a view of 7,000 square miles of mountain and desert. There were 100 parks in El Paso, not to mention museums, old missions, and plenty of attractions across the border in Mexico's largest border city, Juarez. Pepe had lived near, near El Paso all her life, and she had the love of the desert that comes from living near it. Tourists might see an expansion of open land nestled between mountain ranges with no apparent life. Pepe saw flowering avraria and prickling pier cactuses, stating Oregon pipe cactuses and citral bushes, graceful mesquite trees, and the wonder of the mountain ranges at sunset. She loved the desert surrounding the city. Of course, she loved her own home more. The land down near Fort Hancock, where the ranch was located, was just a bit more hospitable than this, and her roots were there. The view from up here is pretty great, Brandon agreed, drawing out of her regime. But you suit me better than the desert in the mountains, he added, his gaze approving her simple mave dress with its crystal pleats and cap sleeves, her hair in an elegant bun, drew attention to the exquisite lines on her face and the size of her pale brown eyes. She used more makeup than usual, and she looked honestly pretty freckles and all. But it was her figure that held Brandon's attention. When she dressed up she was dynamic. What will you have to drink? The wasted asked with a smile, diverting both of them. Just white wine for me, Peppy replied. I'll have the same. Yes, her escort added. The waitress left and Brandon, resplendent in a dark suit, leaned his forearm on the spotless white tablecloth and stared at her warmly. Why won't you marry me? he asked. This has something to do with the fact that I hang out with animals. She laughed. I love animals, but I'm not quite ready for marriage yet. Then she remembered that she was married and her heart dropped. She shifted back in her chair, feeling vaguely guilty at being out with Brandon when she was legally another man's wife. Of course, the man she was married to didn't know it. That made her feel a little better, at least. 
You're an old lady of 22, he persisted. You'll be over the hill before you know it. No, I won't. I haven't even decided what I want to do with my life yet. That was true. She'd never gone to college. Somehow, after she graduated from high school, there'd been too much to demand her time at home. I like figures, she murmured absently. I thought I might take an accounting course or something. You could come and work for me. I need a bookkeeper, he said instantly. Sorry, but so does Dad. Jack Barry, our present bookkeeper, is hopeless. So is Dad. If I decided to take on bookkeeping, you better believe that Dad will scoop me up first. He hates having to read you Jack's figuring. I guess, well... Well, look at that dress. It was unusual for Brandon to be so wickedly interested in what any woman wore. Peppy turned her head slightly to follow his gaze, and her heart froze in her chest. Edie was just coming in the door wearing a red dress that was cut to the waist and back and dipped in a faintly low V in front. Despite its length, it was an advertisement for her blonde beauty, and she drew eyes. Just behind her stood a broad... Bored looking Cece in a dark vested suit, his hard face showing lines of tiredness from the two weeks of work he just put in. Peppy could hardly bear to look at him. He must have felt her stare because his head turned, and even across the room, she registered the impact of that level look. She furthered her eyes and smiled at Brandon. You might as well keep leering looks to yourself, she said more pleasantly than she wanted. Cece's pretty possessive of her. He's giving you a hard glare. Were you supposed to stay home tonight or something? No, he's probably just tired. She emphasized trying not to remember the last face-to-face -face confrontation she had with her father's foreman. It made her pulse sleep and catch fire just to think about the way he'd talked to her, the things he'd said. She left everything about him, but if his attentiveness to Edie was anything to go by, the feeling was hardly mutual. She carefully avoided glancing at him again oblivious to his angry scowl and preoccupied manner while he ate his own supper. End of chapter 3.